Welcome to Faith City Podcast with your lead pastor, Kevin Wright. For more podcasts, news, and upcoming events, please check out www.myfaithcity.org. That's pretty rad. But uh, breaking free from the past. Now, this is going to be a, uh, a tough conversation this morning. If you're expecting a lot of preaching and hooping and hollering, not this morning. I say that until I get excited. Um, you know, we talked two weeks ago about wounds, where people have been hurt uh, in their life. And wounds produce something called strongholds. Everybody in here, there's nobody in here that's never been hurt. Everybody in here has been hurt by somebody. Somebody's hurt you, maybe said something against you. Uh, said something about you, did something to you that's caused you to uh, have maybe some type of hurt, emotions, where maybe you need, he had to forgive. Maybe you had to let some things go. You know, I don't think there's anybody in here that can't say that they've never been through that. I know I have. I know I have. It could have been a, a, a relationship. It could have been a friendship. Could have been with a, a, a mom or a dad, but everybody's faced something. Um, so let's go to Hebrews this morning, chapter 12. And I think I got the scripture here. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. But I like what it says, let us lay aside every weight. Did you know it's not God's will for you to be carrying weight in your life? Any kind of hurts, any kind of past hurts that you still carry with you today, it's not God's will that you continue to carry those weights. Those weights is what we call strongholds. Strongholds, we're going to talk about that in a minute. You may want to write this down. We, well, it's too much to write down. You'll have to get to CD. We must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially the sin that just won't let go. These areas are all called strongholds that have invaded our lives and being, which have affected the person who we are. Have you ever um, been around somebody? They don't, they don't, they don't make friends. It's like when you talk to them, they're just really hard to talk to. Have you ever been there? You might be in here. You may be somebody that you, you've been hurt so many times that you don't want to be hurt anymore, so you don't want, you don't want to make any more friends. Or you may have been hurt in a relationship, so you don't, want to, you don't want to have another relationship. So I may be talking to you, but if, when you're around those people, you can just say they're not happy. They're really hard to talk to. They've got their walls up. They, you I mean, it's just like, man, every time you try to talk to them, there's just a bunch of walls there. You know, those are, those are people that's probably been hurt. There's a lot of bitterness. There's a lot of pain. Could be a lot of anger. And they're just really hard to get to, man. And today, that's what we're going to talk about, how to tear down the walls of hurt, past, present, and future. Try to get people free from the past. Amen. We all have a past. We all have a past. Some people, their past may be uh, a lot more uh, worse than your past. But pain is pain. I've learned that over the years. 
that pain will always be pain. It don't matter how light or how much pain, pain is always pain. You know, you can't judge someone else's pain compared to yours. My first funeral I did was a guy who hung himself because his girlfriend broke up with him. He was 18 years old. And, and, and I remember when I, I was at the funeral, I could not believe this kid would hang himself in a, uh, a pavilion in Cocoa Beach. I could not believe that he hung himself over a girlfriend breaking up with him. But who's to say what pain that was to him? Now, apparently, Satan painted such an ugly picture that he couldn't get out of this. So the only way he lost hope, and ultimately, you're going to find out that's what strongholds are. It's hopelessness. When somebody has a stronghold of anything on them, they feel there's no way out. And, that, and then sometimes that leads to suicide, suicide. A lot of times will lead to suicidal tendencies and stuff like that. Now, the Webster's definition of a stronghold is this is a place dominated by a particular characteristic. Now, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 through 6. There we are. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of what? Let's read it again. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the what? Pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when obedience is fulfilled. You know what I like about this scripture? It's one of the fir- very first scriptures I've ever learned. Is that in, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down every imagination and every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity. That word captivity right there means prisoner. Bring every thought prisoner that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Amen. Now, um, I don't know if I have this on here, but a strong, this is the definition, after reading this, this is the definition of stronghold. Strongholds are mindsets. I don't know if I did it. Nope. Strongholds are mindsets impregnated with hopelessness that causes us to accept as unchangeable something we know is contrary to the will of God. I'll read it again. Strongholds are mindsets impregnated with hopelessness. Everybody say hopelessness. That causes us to accept as unchangeable something we know is contrary to the will of God. If you have a stronghold in your life, you actually believe that it cannot be changed. It's a stronghold. It leaves you at a desperate situation, a desperate place. There is no way out of this. You're chained to it. It's no way out of this hurt, this pain, this bitterness. There's just no way that you're going to make it out of this. That's what a stronghold is. It's hopelessness. And, and the Bible says what we are to do with these strongholds, we are to cast them, at, cast them down. Where do strongholds begin? They begin in your mind. You know, I was preaching at Park Avenue. I had 103 temperature. And uh, when was it? Wednesday? I went there. I had 103 temp. And uh, I had to preach to uh, from second grade all the kindergarten. 
kindergarten all the way up to eighth grade. And I refused to let the devil rob me of preaching to children. Amen? Amen. And I got there, and I had not studied. I didn't, do, I didn't do any studying. And what I did is I preached pretty much this scripture. I just put bad thoughts versus good thoughts. And I just taught the kids, what, what's a bad thought? What's a good thought? Because bad Bad thoughts, they come in your mind and they come to, to, uh, to move in. Because if you allow certain thoughts, if, if you were raised and your dad said, you're a nobody, and you believe that thought and you accept that thought, and you allow that thought to move in your mind, and all of a sudden you have this image. Notice this, cast down every what? Imagination. The root word is image. Everybody say Image. Image. Cast down every image. What you look like. What do you see yourself? If you see yourself as no good, piece of garbage, then now you're not casting down something that... That's not the way God calls you. God calls you more than a conqueror. God calls you victorious. God calls you... Listen, He's in you. You're greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. God looks at you way differently than the way you look at yourself. That's why you need to look in the mirror of God in James chapter 4 and find out who you are in Christ. Because if you know who you are in Christ, when the devil comes with his lies, you're going to what? You're going to cast down those thoughts. And those thoughts don't ever become strongholds. Thoughts, listen, strongholds start with thoughts. They start with thoughts that are against God. You think a stronghold of hopelessness. This kid who hung himself, he got an image of him not being able to make it, hopeless without this girl. All these thoughts that came in his head, and he hung himself because he didn't know this verse. The Bible says people perish because of what? Lack of knowledge. Can someone perish because of lack of knowledge? Lack of not knowing who they are in God. Let me tell you, if that kid knew who he was in Jesus, he would have stood in the face of that storm and said, Devil, I'm not listening to your lies. I cast your thoughts down in the name of Jesus. Greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. As at one time, I was a guy that, that got crushed by a relationship. Hello? Hello, somebody. So here are some weapons I want to give you today. If you're taking notes, write them down. Weapons designed for clearing the clutter. Number one, we must believe that Jesus really desires to heal and mend our wounds. We must really believe that Jesus really desires to heal and mend our wounds. Do you really believe that God wants you healed from the inside out? Because if you don't get healed from the inside, hurt people, hurt people. We've heard that for a long time. My friend Victor Richmond, he, he first told me, hurt people, hurt people. And it's true. Somebody that has all these wounds, they hurt people. They hurt family members. They hurt friends. They hurt, they hurt anybody close to them. They run off anybody that loves them the most. You ever see somebody like that? Everybody that loves them the most, they push them away from them. Why? Wounds. Wounded mentality. They're wounded. 
They, everybody that loves them, they push them away. They keep them away. <coughs> it's true. Mark two seventeen. When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to the righteous, but sinners to repentance. To call the sinners to repentance. Amen. You know, uh, people get mad at Jesus because he'd be, he'd be around some really bad folks. He didn't say that he'd, he was uh, drinking with them, partying with them. No, he came to save the sinner. Amen. Well, don't you think, well, I can go back to the, the uh, bar this week and have a, a ministry for Jesus. You better be knowing what you're hearing from God. Before you know it, you'll be right there with him drinking a beer. Praise God. <laughs> I've seen it happen. <clears throat> the Bible says in Hebrews 4, it says, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If you're in here today and you're hurting and you have wounds, man, there's no better. The Bible says come boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. Are you guys cold? All right. Feels good in here? Good. Luke 8, 1 through 2 says this. He went through every city and village preaching and bringing glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And a certain woman who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Mag- Magdalene, out of whom had seven demons. Jesus, look, Jesus healed every person that came to him. Even people with uh, demon spirits. Strongholds. Strongholds. Do you know why... Uh, Pornographic material is bad because it's images. Do you think um, who's the mass murderer? Ted, uh, Ted Bundy, and there's another one, Manson. Did you know that both them had two major characteristics that describe them? They both started out. They both started out in pornography. Did you know that they started out in pornography? They started out in pornography, and then the pornography went to more like aggressive pornography, to more abuse pornography, and it kept getting to a worse, to like strangling. And this is how they allowed a stronghold of these ugly images to get on the inside of them until images that come across your mind that you entertain strongholds, what comes out on the inside ultimately is going to get to the outside. The way you see yourself is going to manifest on the outside. Hello. Um, It's real. This is real. This really happens. You know, child molesters. People like that. They they started with thoughts they didn't deal with. Strongholds. They have to deal with them. And strongholds aren't easy sometimes to do with. You've got to deal with them. Because they'll turn you into a person that you're not. Right? Right? Two. We must openly acknowledge and confess our wound. 
This is really hard for some people. To confess that you're hurting. Confess your wound. You know, I said recently, you know, somebody that's on drugs. Is it that you're addicted to drugs or, or is it that, you, that your fathers hurt you? Psalm 62. You need to have a friend that you can confess your wound to. Confess your hurts. You need to have at least one friend say, man, I'm hurting right now. And you need to have somebody you can cry in front of. You hold all that stuff in, man. It's going to take you, it's going to take you for a ride you don't want to go on. My soul... Wait silently for God alone. For my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength. And my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. Did y'all get that? Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. So the first person we need to confess our wound to is who? God. Pour out your heart. When's the last time you poured out your heart before God? Terry got up here and was talking about, you know, earlier about Christians You know, the reason why they are that way is they don't know how to pour out their heart before God. You know, make your house an atmosphere that you can do that. Put on worship music and kneel in a bedroom and pour out your heart. God, this hurts me. It hurts me that... uh, I wish I had a tennis ball, boy. I love you. (laughs) Amen. I know, Brian. I love you so. (laughs) Uh, Brian's my best bro. I was actually getting a drink of water. It got real quiet, man. You know, this room is, I mean, you can go to sleep in this room. It's very quiet and I know, and the AC just makes it, when you turn a fan on in your room, it just makes you want to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> I, want to re- I want to read this for some other folks that need, someone needed this verse. Y'all like this verse? You need to read it because it says, pour out your heart before him. God is your refuge. Everybody say, God is my refuge. You know what a refuge is? It's a safe place. It's somewhere you can run to, when, you know, there, that you can't run to anywhere else, but you can run to one place that you know is safe. And God is a refuge. Amen. I said amen. amen. Psalms, uh, I mean, let's go to Psalms 118. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and sent me in a broad place. 
The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Alright, let's go to number three. We must deal with the root and not the symptom. There are four basic roots of most of our wounds. Here they are. You ready? If you have any hurts, wounds, anything in your life, this is what it is. Probably caused with these. I didn't mean to put evil spirits, um, which you can. It can be, I put the enemy. Disobedience. Of our, our sin. I don't think I wrote that right. Sorry. Our own sin. Yeah, disobedience or our own sin. Two, other people's sins. Three, evil spirits are the enemy. And four, circumstances. I want to go over those because they're... Are you guys getting anything out of this today? Yeah. Let's start with um, receiving healing for disobedience of our own sin. These, um, this area is where you sinned and you caused yourself to hurt. You, you, you did this to yourself. Psalms 38, 4 through 5 says, For my iniquities have gone over my head. Like a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. How many people know that you can cause hurt to your own self? The healing... The healing for disobedience comes through this way. You ready? It comes through repentance and accepting God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. The healing for disobedience comes through repentance and accepting God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. If you did something against God, this is how you get healed from the womb that you did. It comes through repentance and accepting forgiveness. It's that simple. Have you ever did anything wrong to somebody? Wrong to God? Against God? This is how you get healed. Accepting forgiveness. Aren't you glad God forgives you? Acts 3.19 says, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Look, this is what's going to happen when Nate gets here. We're going to be refreshed, amen, from the presence. But that your sins may be blotted out, man. God forgives you of your all, every sin. You don't have to hurt no more. You don't have to remember back when you're, that, when you're doing all that bad stuff. Do you know the old Kevin Wright? Man, I did a lot of crazy stuff. But I, I'm healed now. I'm delivered now. I'm a new person now. Apostle Paul was a murderer. Before he was Paul, he was Saul. He killed Christians. He killed Christians. He wrote the epistles of the Bible. Most of them. Apostle Paul, man, he killed Christians. Did you guys know that? You talk about a guy, you know, he knows why it says, I'm a new person in Christ Jesus now. Old things are passed away. All things become new. He knows what it's like to, to receive forgiveness and acceptance from that, that, that pain and that hurt. You got to move on. Amen? I said amen. The stronghold is destroyed as we purpose 
to fulfill God's word and obey him. Everybody say obedience. All right. Receiving healing when others have sinned or hurt you. You know, when someone hurts you, I don't know if anybody else has been hurt, but I've been hurt before. <laughs> Receiving healing for wounds done by, uh, I don't think we're there yet. Well, let's, I may not put that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're not there. Can you totally, totally forgive and love the person who did something wrong to you? Can you totally forgive them? Is it possible? I mean, a rape victim, can that victim forgive that person who did something so violently to them? How can a person even, even find the place in the heart to do something like that? It's because Jesus' love is greater than unforgiveness. You know, forgiveness is something... Um, forgiveness is something sometimes you don't even feel like forgiving someone, but because you know it's the love of God that compels you to forgive someone. How does a, you know, um, a little girl, you know, 17 years old, that girl, you know, when I pastored, when I was a youth pastor, saw her dad kill himself in front of her. Right in front of her. How does, how does a girl even find the love of God in that? Let me tell you, the love of God, how deep and how wide is His love? You, you, there's, no, there's no boundaries on it. When a person puts all their trust in God's love, you can forgive anyone. It would be the devil to say you can't forgive someone. You can forgive anybody that's hurt you. No matter how deep that hurt is, you must forgive. Or you will develop a stronghold of hurt in your life and you'll go through your whole life hurting, not letting anybody get close to you. And you'll have these outward wounds from the inward wounds. And people will notice it. Won't let anybody into your, your life. Won't let anybody speak into your life. Nobody can correct you. Nobody can tell you anything to do. Why? Because you've been hurt so many times. I ain't never going back to church. I'm never committing at a church again. Why? Because I've been hurt. Listen, I know what hurt is. I could have easily uh, stopped pastoring at one time. And say, so I'm never going back into the ministry again. No way. I've been hurt in church. Where there's people, you're going to get hurt. Hello, somebody. You got to forgive. I said you got to forgive. You got to move on. You got to you got to the future's ahead. You got to let it go. Or you'll just stay in the past your whole life. Everybody say not me. Matthew 6:15 says this. What time do we got? All right. Man, we do got good time. Listen, I'm sorry I'm not like I usually am, but this is good stuff I really wanted to teach you, okay? Matthew 6.15 says, But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Man, that's that's a hard verse. You know why? Because every time you go to God... 
and, and you ask for forgiveness of your sins, and we're supposed to be like God, right? So in return, we've got to forgive other people. I've forgiven some people. It doesn't mean I can go be best friends with them anymore. I forgave them. I'm not going to go, hey, let's go out to lunch. No, no. Bless you. Hallelujah. Not going to be best friends. But I forgive you in the name of the Lord. But if God wanted me to, I would. Amen. Matthew 18, 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Jesus says, 70 times 7. Amen. Man, in other words, keep doing it. Forgive every day. Forgive every person that's ever hurt you. Forgive. This is the kind of heart God wants us Christians to have. Everybody just bow your head and say, forgive me, Lord. Amen. Colossians 3, 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a, a complaint against you, even as Christ forgave you, so you all must do. So you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Which is Satan's number one tactic, trying to pull you out of love. Matthew 5.44 But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Man, that's the love of God, isn't it? Let's, let's, let's move on. A wound caused from a divorce would probably require repentance in your part, but also being able to forgive the partner who sinned against you. I think my mom is one of the most loving people because all us boys in the family. And my brothers, <laughs> they've been um, married with different family, different women, you know, divorced and um, different relationships and had di- children with different people. And it's funny, my mom is so loving. Sometimes at our house, we'll have all these different people. My, there's there's uh, my brother and his wife and, and it used to be, you know, ex-girlfriend that had a, a baby with. We come together and I'm like, God, I can't even believe that all of us are in the same household. But that woman knew how to love and forgive. So all us people can come in together. And she just tore down the walls. I'm talking about all these different people. You'd think they'd be like a Jerry Springer show at that time. <laughs> people like throwing chairs. I can't believe you left me. You know, <laughs> I can't believe you. I think my mom knew how to forgive and taught us boys how to forgive. You know, some of my closest friends are people I got in fights with in high school. (laughs) My friend John, we got in fight like three times, John Quinn. And, uh, man, we're just good buds nowadays. But you ask girl, man, we grew up fighting, putting knots on each other's heads. 
You know, and we're just good. We learn how to forgive. Matter of fact, Earl, I remember uh, me and John got in a fight one time, and <laughs> dude, him and my mom got in a big fight afterwards. And what uh, we always stayed stayed close. Some neighborhood riots. <laughs> And I was a sneaky guy, man. If I can catch somebody in a car, you know, while they're in a car, it's easy to hit someone in a car. And if I'm on the outside of the car and I got a car door in front of me, I'll just sneak them right there. Boom! Hit them and then try to beat them up while they're in the car. So if they get out of the car, I can run. Amen. I did that to John. Bless his heart. But he got me a couple times. Receiving healing from wounds done by the enemy. Now, this is something that uh, I relate to my dad's story who was in a car accident. You know, he was at the wrong place, wrong time. And uh, God didn't put my dad through a car accident. But this is something the enemy, you know, pulled together to try to, to kill my father. God didn't try to kill my dad in an accident. God's not a killer in car accidents. Maybe there's something tragic that's happened in your life right now a loss of a loved one, that you don't ever understand it, and you need to let that wound go. You know, at one time, my dad didn't walk with a cane. At one time, my dad could fix any car, fly airplanes, I mean, do everything. He's not there where he's at. He's not where he was. He's a new dad. But I thank God I got him here today. But I have to, I have to not be offended at God for that. God didn't do it. I had to still, hey... This is, this, we live in a fallen world where there's tragedy, there's things that happen, there's sicknesses in the earth, there's all this stuff going on. I had to say, man, I forgive. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. And you love my dad. Thank you for loving him. You know, Curtis Wright, actually, the Curtis years ago, he's another Curtis now, which he's my dad. You know, but after you've had a brain injury, you're not the same. And, you know, if you ever watch anything on brain injury patients, I mean, they're not the same folks, but my dad, where he's at today, I was watching uh, The Ultimate Fighting, and they were doing raising money for, uh, for uh, brain injury patients. And none of the people I saw with the brain, brain injury patients, they hadn't even gone as far as dad's gone. He is a miracle, you guys. This man right here sitting in this service is a miracle. I saw him. Earl Newberry saw him. We went and saw him. He thought he was in Vietnam and trapped. And that the enemy was trying to uh, make poison him. That's what, when he woke up from his coma, he was in Vietnam. That's how far back he was. And the enemy was trying to poison him. And he didn't want want to touch him or anything. Isn't that the truth? Learn how to walk, talk, everything all over again. As a baby, thought my mom was his ex-wife. Called her his, my mom by his ex-wife's name. <laughs> talk about love, Dad. That woman love you. <laughs> you know, um, we've all been hurt. That hurt our family. We lost everything we had. My dad lost a, a job at the Space Center. 
he was one day off from getting insurance, right? Three days off from being able to have insurance. Three days. And we would have been able to pay our house, and we would have been able to have been taken care of. And the guy who hit my dad was, uh, had no insurance. So nobody to sue. You know, so there we were. It was the hardest time of our lives. But I just had to say, you know, you're talking about hurt. Why? But during that time, that Romans 8 scripture, God just took advantage of something so horrible the enemy tried to do. And listen, during that time, Kevin Wright fell to his knees. Fell to my knees. I didn't, I didn't understand, didn't know what's going on. And I said, God, just heal my father, and I'll live for you for the rest of my life. And I'm still preaching today. I'm still preaching today. See what the devil meant for bad. God did something good out of it. God don't waste anything. He didn't waste that. I, God did something in me during that. I'm telling you. Next one is receiving healing over unfortunate circumstances. I don't know if I put it up there or not. Probably not. <laughs> I was doing the notes last night, and I probably never got around to it. And that is a, a definitely a situation with my father. This is an area where you must learn to draw strength, healing and comfort from God's Word. We must allow Him to soothe our soul through His Word. Psalms 119.50 says, This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. For your word has given me what? Life. Life. No matter what unfortunate circumstances you've ever faced, maybe you're sitting in here, you've never recovered. That day, your life went downhill. You never recovered. You were doing okay, but you never recovered from that day. Something shifted in you. Something happened in you. You just never got over it. You just never was the same after that day. Let the wound be healed today. Be healed today. Receive your healing in your heart. Don't you dare go another day not letting God get a hold of your broken heart. You know, there's not one person right now in my life I haven't forgiven. I forgive every single person that's ever hurt me. I forgive my earthly blood father for not being there in my life. And I thank God for bringing my dad, Curtis Wright, into my life. How many people know he cares about you? And uh, all he needs from you is, Lord, I need you. There it is. And lastly, I promise you, we must find a safe environment to take our mask off. We must find a safe place to take your mask off. To say, man, I'm struggling with drugs. Man, you know, I talked to a person the other day who told me he was a homosexual. 
confessed it to me. I said, man, you know, I, I was, I guess for lack of better words, flabbergasted. Is that the word? Thank you. Man, I'm coming up with some good words nowadays. And uh, nobody you know. I know somebody's looking around, who is it? I almost said it was Brian. Let's pray for him. (laughs) But here's a person who was wounded. I was talking to him. Third grade. Third grade is when the enemy started on him. Third grade. Started shifting things in his mind, making him think certain things. Making him think. He started entertaining it. He started listening to the enemy. Over the years, over the years, he never got healed. He never, he never talked to anybody about it until he just turned into that person that in the third grade that he was listening to the whole time. But you know what was cool? That he found somebody, a safe place to take a mask off. That's why years ago I said, I'll never make fun of uh, homosexuals. They're people. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with homosexuality. But they're people. And if I can get to the root of a problem, maybe I can show this person where, where he needs healed and how God can deliver him. How many people know people, God can deliver people out of homosexuality? He can. That one time this person was homosexual, and now this person's not. I know people right now that um, their marriages, a man leaving the woman for a man they met on the Internet. A man or a woman that leaving the man for a woman they met on the Internet. Or vice versa. Wounds, everybody. These are undealt with wounds that people aren't dealing with. Strongholds that they're not dealing with. And it's turning them into people that they never want to become. Never wanted to become. Everybody say, we're not going there. Would y'all stand with us? We're going to do one worship song. Which one you want? The last worship song. Just uh, not yet. Listen. Uh, apologize. I apologize. You know, uh, it's probably the first time I've stood in like five days. But, so I haven't been 110% today. But, Clear the clutter in your life by forgiving, by letting go of something, something on the inside of your heart. Man, do it by this. You just When we start singing this song, just come to the altar. I'm, I'm not going to pray with you. 